Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to this week's Rugby Pod. I'm your host Andy Rowe and Big Jim and Goody are here with me as usual. But before we get started, I just wanted to give Budgie Smuggler UK's Ordinary Rig Competition another shout out. Uh, there are three trips to Australia to win for the three most ordinary rigs in the UK. It's not for a sloppy or melted rig, uh, so does that rule both of you guys? Oh, we met the Budgie Smuggler guys the other day, didn't we, at the... Uh Live show in Cabbage Patch, and, and they, they weren't in great shape themselves. No, well, exactly. the judging criteria is that uh, you should be able to run uh, for a cab or um, swing an axe. Aside from that, can't run. You've just got to post an entertaining pick in smugglers and add the hashtag Ordinary Rig UK. And the top three winners get flown to Australia in October to take on the Australians in the Ashes of Ordinary uh, and head to budgiesmugglerukcom for full details. The women's range, uh, Smuglets, is now online as well, so uh, they're set up for overnight shipping. So head to budgiesmugglerukcom and get smuggling. Jim, you must be pretty happy with the result on Saturday. Well... I don't know. Felt a bit weird watching it actually. Really? Um, I, I was asked to go up and get the trophy with a couple of the boys. <laughs> yeah, they did. Well, yeah, George Cruz texted me in the week. Yeah, of course. He and did. says, "Mate, please, we want to get it on." I said, "What are you going to win? Are you that confident?" Arrogant George. I heard that you were hanging around Twickenham in your full kit, a full kit wanker, just trying to get in pictures. And they were like, uh, "Jim, mate, you retired a year ago. Can you do one?" Mate, I had to get out of there because I was so tempted to do it. Embarrassed myself on, on the pitch. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if I stormed it? It's their time now, isn't it? You know, I've been there and done it many a time. You know, it's time for someone else. It's time for Dom Day to step up. And that he did. There's some great shots of him in the background. Oh, right. Um, So anyone steal your thunder? As in... Hardly play any rugby and then get centre of every picture? No, Richard Wigglesworth, I think, stole a lot of the thunder this year. Well, he started the... Final. Yeah, I started a lot of finals. Yeah, but still, he was at the front. So everything was on him. He was like the Jim Hamilton of uh, of two years ago. But the difference being, he played pretty well in the final. Yeah, started the final. Yeah, but all this is superficial. Sixty-five minutes. Superficial stuff. Uh, well, really. facts. Superficial facts. stuff. So yeah, he won five prems. Interesting though. They, they, two, three, they, well, they, yeah, they won five. So Wiggy's won five premiership titles, and fair play. That is some achievement, Richard yeah, Wigglesworth. Yeah, yeah. Well done, son. And everyone's like, oh, you know, he's broken the record of premiership victories. I've won five. Jordan Murphy's won seven. Really? Yeah. That, that never got spoken about? No. Weird. Really? Like weird people go, oh, congrats, Wiggy, you broke the record. And it's one of them where you don't want to stand there and go, hmm, actually, he has not broken the record because I have five. Loads of, loads of Leicester boys have got. Yeah, well, that's five. what I thought because Ernie Willie, Ernie Arinley, sorry, um, he came up as four. And I was thinking, I actually only saw it flash up. I was like, I'm sure... Some other lads have won more than that. For, anyway, for our listeners, you, you meant Ayula Arinley. Ayula Arinley. The sorry, Willy. Sorry, yeah, the Willy, <laughs> yeah. a.k.a. the Willy. Um, so you've won five. I've won five. And were they all premiership then? They were all classic yeah, premiership. So what, Guinness premiership. So what's going on then? What are they on about? I don't know. Jordan Murphy's won seven. I've got, well, I've got three medals. <laughs> medals, can't remember how <laughs> Enough many said, oh, Bottom line is, Saracens were... Unbelievable, weren't they? Did call it though, didn't I? You did, you did. I did say, and we we spoke about it off air as well. And you said genuinely, what do you think? And I, I said, I think Saracens will be ten, fifteen points based on how they've played, who they've got coming back, and the fact that I don't think Exeter have truly been tested yeah. this season. Really, the the Oracle Jim was right. I was. I told you. Brutal final as well. A lot of, lot of tackles. Exeter made 205. Saracens 232. Stop, stop trying to pretend that you watched it and digested the stats line and speed. stuff. And the series line speed was amazing, no. wasn't oh. it? Hey. The weird fish trying to pretend he knows what he's talking about in terms of Premiership rugby. Um, it was a. It, well, I mean, mate, the collisions were, were were mental, eh? Horrible. Yeah. Um, Mako was unreal. Yeah. 21 tackles. Oh, oh Zero he missed. There he is. Andy Rowe. But it's just a power game, isn't it? And, you know, I thought. Saracens were they soaked up that first 10 minutes didn't they when Exeter played the Exeter way and had loads of possession and all this stuff and um, and then they just went boom here we go power runner after power runner Goody and Space on the edge good game management boys just smashing the Exeter boys back didn't compete at the breakdown at all which meant they can get line speed and big hits and, and Exeter were just struggling to, to poke their nose through the contact weren't they I mean they made a couple of half breaks yeah. like I said in the first 10 minutes but Sarri's got I think they got one opportunity did they yeah where Wilesy went in the corner. Yeah. Um, and that was it. So efficient, aren't they? Efficient Great too. coaches, and they've all just signed new deals. They have, mate. Six yeah. of them. I, well, I still don't know if Mark McCall was going to be there after the 2019 World Cup. How, how long have they signed for? They announced how long they've signed the contract Rumour for? is 2020, so the year after the World Cup. But I reckon there must be a clause in that. You think he's got the Ireland job lined up? Maybe even the England job. Potentially, Maybe yeah. even the England job. Yeah. 
we'll come on to the bar bars and Eddie, are you okay, mate? I'm losing. <laughs> he might be as bad as Andy Robinson. <laughs> mate, genu- 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 I'm looking at it, I'm like, I'm intrigued now. Um, but anyway, we'll talk more about the bar bars after. You would have been impressed by Marrow's performance, Jim. Well, on, hit me with some stats. Some some good carrying and uh, some pretty pretty impressive uh, counter racking as well. Something that uh, you've done in the past. Andy, can you stop boring the life out of us? Mate, what is going on, mate? Like, why are you getting all set? Have you got a job lined up I, in I New think, Zealand? Do you know what? I think he's... Because we're coming towards the end of the season. We've got a couple more pods to do in June. And he's like that. You know, I need to take myself a bit more seriously, do some research and... I think he's looking at going back to NZ to get a real bloody presenting job back there, eh? Hit us with some stats. What's, what's Mara done? I don't have any stats on Mara. Oh. Mate, he did. He, he, he's been playing well the last couple of weeks, actually, to be fair to him. Uh, in terms of very, very well. Good, his question is carrying. His carrying's gone through the yeah. roof. His carrying's you know, gone through the roof. It, it yeah. was poor before, wasn't it? I wouldn't Let's, say it was poor, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't a million pound carrier. Carrier? No, was he? no, it wasn't. Um, and he's uh, something's happened at Saracens, and the defeat to uh, Leinster, the holiday, the trip abroad to where did they go, Valencia or somewhere? Yeah, they've got on the smash. They've probably had a meeting. Said a few words. Said we're not missing Big Jim, but let's do it for him anyway. Um, and they they're like a a different beast, aren't they? Yeah. I think as well. I think having Billy back makes a big difference in terms of confidence. I know it's not just one player, but then you look at the strength of the squad as well that they've got. So you mentioned Marrow there. Will Scouton came back and he was class when he came on. Big Willie, little well. Willie, big, big Willie, but with a little Willie, he came on and I thought he was brilliant, exceptional. You've got Juan Figalo, Figalo, Figalo on the bench with Vincent Cox. So now you've got a bit of strength and depth, and you add that with obviously Mako, the way that he's playing, Owen Farrell in sensational form, and my good old mate, the wild thing on the wing, stepping in for Liam Williams, who was injured. Um, I, I just think across the board, and Lazowski going to 13. That's made a big difference as well. Which I it? think as well. I'm a huge fan of Marcello Bosch. I'm also a huge, huge fan of Lazowski. I don't see him as a 12. Me and Goody have had this chat many a time. Is he going to play 10 at Saris? Absolutely not. Not, nah. when, not when Faz is there. I think long term, he's going to be the 13 option for Saracens because well, Duncan Taylor, unfortunately, gets injured quite a bit. Um, he's he's a class player as well. But Lazowski, for me, I think he now he's played at that level in two big, big games could be his position. Uh, and he punches. Some of the hits he was putting in, he punches way well, above his weight. seems smoked. Uh, Slade yeah he melts people kickoff. and that, that's the thing yeah, that that big battle in the final was at 13 Slade against Lazowski now they're both going on tour with England are they both going on tour as first choice you know competing for that 13 jersey is Elliot Daly going to play at 13 right, who now who knows mate Elliot Daly might be playing at prop <laughs> the way he's going with Eddie are you okay but that's the thing so he, he played really well Mako was unbelievable best I've seen him play in ever that, that's the best performance of a loose head prop I think you can ever see Alex Good at fullback. Were you surprised to it, um, with the form that he's in that he didn't make the England squad? Because he had a hand in all four tries. We said that last year, didn't we? Like, when everyone's he was been, on it. Yeah, everyone's been saying it. What's happened? What's he done? Well, Eddie Jones was at Saracens, weren't he? Yeah. Has something happened there? I, d- I don't know. We can make something up. Let's not do that. Okay. <laughs> His performances, he deserves to be in the England squad. How he's not getting picked is own, the only person that knows why is Eddie Jones. Now, is, he hasn't got the out and out raw pace. Of a fullback that Eddie Jones wants, like an Elliot Daly who started there at the weekend, I, I don't get him because he deserves to play. Look, he, his, his footwork's phenomenal. Okay, listen, he doesn't hit the line like a, a world-class fullback, as in Israel Folau or Ben Smith or you know someone of that ilk. But horses for courses, yeah, different but- people have ridiculous strengths, and he creates things, puts other sp- people into space, yet still, he makes more metres than anyone else well, in the Premiership. You just said he didn't hit the line, but his ability to, to get through tackles, go through tackles, and do things that not many 15s can do. I've never, ever seen Mike Brown make breaks like Goody makes breaks. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I just think maybe there's a couple of times he's had opportunities, and he started against Ireland. Did he start against Ireland a couple of years ago? Um, but Eddie Jones has obviously got a massive mind block against some players. And the mind block is, doesn't matter how they play for their club, I don't think they're international rugby players. And he always talks about it, doesn't he? He always talks about you know, club form isn't necessarily a, a factor towards how you play international rugby and stuff. Because well, they're clearly different not, game. because he wouldn't have picked Ford and he wouldn't have picked... No, Hartley. a number of players. All the Quinns players that are in the squad at the minute... Don't get goody started on this. No, well, no. They can't be picked on form, can they? It's coach's prerogative. So when it's all going for you as a head coach and you win everything, you can still question selections and who should be and who shouldn't be in but now that you have to answer the tough questions now when you're losing games the way England have lost lost three internationals and, and the Barbars game Goody disappointed with Exeter I'll ask this question you can hit us with some stats fish 
Oh, I've used all my stats. Oh, I've blown my load early. Was I disappointed in Exeter? Yeah, you think they're uh, up more or not? Not in their performance because Saracens are that good. You celebrate success of a team that, you know, and people have said it since the final, that was the best probably final performance of any team for quite some time in the Premiership. Yeah, it's the Saracens' best performance in a final, isn't it, Jim, in terms of controlling the game, dominated. They didn't look in any danger at all, Saracens. The first 10 minutes, Exeter dominated possession, but then it was just once Saracens got a couple of big hit turnovers, which they did, Exeter like, oh, geez, where are we going now? Because Saracens were absolutely everywhere. And it wasn't just a few players, it was the whole, across the, the board, the whole team, whatever they had for breakfast, give Jim some because he's lost half his body weight. And giving um, it to Goody. And giving it to me, yeah. I heard Billy didn't even train before the final. Goody, that'd be something I, that would impress you or <laughs> you not surprised. <laughs> it's ideal, isn't it? But, you know, Billy's a rock star, isn't he? In terms of, if he's fit to play, they went, this is our last game of the season. He is our best back row forward, number eight. And he's the best. He's up there, the best number eight in the world with Kieran Reid. Whatever it takes to get him fit for the final, if that means he goes to KFC every day and, and does that, Nando's or Nando's, whatever it is, and doesn't train, let him do it. If that means we train him every day, then we train him every day. But clearly, Saracens and their empathy with players and understanding. He did an interview before the game on the field. He's like, oh, it's, it's, you know, he just said it's great that the physios are just letting me get to the to the warm up and see how we are, naming the team because. You know, he, I'm that good. <laughs> pretty, pretty much, he can he can he can do what he wants, and he he understands. And he, he said it himself, hasn't he? Sometimes he's had time off injured, put a bit of weight on. He's got to come back and train hard. But you look at the difference now. We're going to England camp, and the fitness staff will be like, "Oh, let's get some, let's get a kilo off you, let's train you extra hard." And you know, it's all about the next three weeks for for Billy, or the next four weeks, three games in in four weeks for England. We need him playing every week if England are going to win in South Africa. So you manage him to get through so he's firing at the end of the week. Don't flog him on a Monday or Tuesday. Just get him fit. That's all you need. Right, well, we're now actually joined by someone that was in the thick of it. Brad Barrett is on the telephone. Brad, thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure, guys. Hey, Jim. Hey, Andy. Hey, boy. We've uh, just uh, aborted our golf, uh, pissing down in the car with Sean Maitland. Sends his regards. <laughs> Skips, great to hear off you, mate. So you're not on the 4-5 day like we were last season, no? Has it all changed this year or what? Yeah, no, ultra-professional, just two days this, this time. Um, obviously, a lot of boys have disappeared off either on holiday or on tour. Uh, we decided to try and get some golf in, but yeah, we had a great celebration on Saturday night and uh, sort of all day on Sunday, which was uh, fantastic. Skip, just talk to us about what's clicked. Uh, I know last year when um, we when we um, <laughs> won the Champions Cup, uh, it, all quite, it all clicked together like early on in the season, but this season, joking aside... We've seen Saracen struggle for large parts of that in the middle. Champions Cup went how it went. So what's been said, what's been different over the last couple of weeks? I think the loss in Dublin um, was huge in acting as a bit of a galvanising force for the rest of the season, I think. On the day, we probably knew we were well beaten and it was probably a good time for reflection. And since then, the attitude and the way we've committed to it, um, we've gone unbeaten since then. Um, some fantastic performances. We've been scoring lots of tries and... The great thing is, as the weeks went on, the, the defence got more and more resolute. And we brought that in spades on the weekend. I think that opening 15 minutes set the tone for the rest of the game um, in terms of how physical we were, but how collective we were in our in our actions. And then, obviously, off the back of the defeat to Leinster a few weeks back, you went on the trip to Valencia, was it? Yes. And tell yeah. me, just tell us what happened. like Because, obviously, since then, you've gone, your performance has gone through the roof. I want to know... Were there any scraps? Were there any honest words? Was it just all the boys bonding, getting smashed, getting naked, happy days? Yeah, if I'm honest, it, it, it wasn't the most eventful. I think, if anything, it was a nice change of scenery. We spent a great day at a beach club where the boys obviously got on it. But um, I think it was it was more a case of understanding where we needed to be. And at that point, we probably did well even to get into a quarterfinal, considering how our form had been in the rounds three and four. Uh, we had to beat sort of Northampton by some sort of astronomical figure to give ourselves a chance so we squeaked in the back door and I think on the day we weren't quite ready I think the the great thing is how we turned it around I think it was a relentless application to get better as a team uh, week in week out even if we had some great performances we were honest with ourselves and saying you know the scoreline may say something but there's still a hell of a lot more to come from us and I think the final was the culmination of a, a mentality that was driven through the eight weeks uh, just go back to the final, obviously, looking at the game, two guys retired after the game, Chris Wiles and Scout Brits. Chris Wiles gets two tries. I mean, how emotional was it before the game, in the build-up to it, for those guys and yourselves? Because you talked about this brotherhood, but also post-match, how, how emotional was it to say goodbye to those fellas? 
Yeah, I think if I'm honest, it, it probably wasn't as big a deal on the day. Um, there's kind of been a run-up over the past sort of two, three weeks and saying goodbye to both Chris and Skelk. Sort of Skelk had his last game um, against Gloucester in the, the home game at Allianz Park, and Chris had his 250th a few games earlier. So those were pretty much goodbyes to them. We had a big meeting on the semi-final week with final well wishes. So the final was very much just about the team and um, they were quite selfless in that and, and making it about the team and the performance. But, you know, we look back on two un- unbelievable careers at Saracens, two guys who've been instrumental in, in being the bedrock of what the, cond- the, the culture's about, but two guys who've uh, put their heart and soul into performances for Saracens too. And Skips, for you as well, we've all seen Tiki Tonga taking off like a rocket into outer space. It's everywhere. So there's me thinking... Maybe one more season for Brad Barrett. Body seen enough. Oh no, the day after the final it gets announced you've done an- another two years. What was the thinking in that? Were you always planning on doing that? Like, how much you getting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, Tiki Tonga, obviously, as you said, has, has had a fantastic first year. Uh, we've, we've got where we wanted to be in terms of key restaurants, key bars, key businesses within the city. So if any boys out there looking for a fantastic speciality coffee for their for the officers to treat their staff and colleagues uh, please get in touch www.tikitonga.co.uk but yeah Jimbo I think Saracens is a place where it's pretty infectious I think to stay on the train is is a pretty no-brainer for me somewhere that's very close to my heart uh, I love the environment I love the people that are there and um, I'm physically feeling as good as I've ever felt I've played 30 fixtures this year and you know it's still still going really well so really pleased to stay on board and carry on enjoying this ride how, how do you still feel physically the best you've ever been the way you tackle and smash people mate yeah it must fucking hurt well yeah my my wife hates me because i'm no longer the man she married <laughs> but uh, all the shots seem to be uh, nuclear on my face so the body actually is holding up really well oh, stop tackling with your face then <laughs> um just going Poor back, technique yeah just going back to uh, your new deal jim always talks on our podcast that he um he, he was worth a 700 grand as a player um as his, as his salary uh, first of all, could you back that up as his ex-captain? And secondly, if he's worth seven hundred grand, you must be worth two and a half million, eh? <laughs> no, Jimbo, I think was worth, uh, worth every cent. I think uh, cent. Exactly. He's talking cents. <laughs> we, got, we got what we wanted in terms of uh, physicality, uh, a supreme athlete. But I think the banter and what he brought to the team. Um, was something pretty special that you can't put a finger on, you can't put a price tag on. Skips, thank you, mate. I'll be buying more coffee straight after this, <laughs> mate, that's for sure. <laughs> have, you, have you missed Jim this year then? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been spoken about uh, regularly. You know, I think, jokes aside, in terms of the culture, as much as what players bring on the field, I think the importance of what they bring off the field is is even more. And we've spoken about guys like Jim, but more importantly, guys like Chris and, and Skelk, um, They've had an unbelievable pact on the pitch, but I think off the pitch is where you're going to find it really hard to replace guys like that. It's personalities that make a club. It's not about the two or three key influences on a game day. It's the guys who who drive standards, but drive the culture and make sure that the place is a harmonious place to be. Well, you're welcome, Brad. Mate, last question as well. Thank you for that. Um, the coaches have come out today. It's all happening at Saracens. They've re-signed. For me, personally, looking at it, I had a feeling that Mark might have might be leaving the next couple of years maybe to look for international honours how big a coup is that to be able to keep that coaching team together and have you spoken about next season you know what the ambitions are about taking the club forward yeah I think it's a huge coup I think uh, as you say Mark McCall would be desired by any international club team across the world at this given time his success rate I think not only in in the championships he's won but more importantly the level of consistency throughout the season and dealing with the setbacks that we've had this season. I think Mark and I actually spoke yesterday and we, we, we both reflected on saying it's it's probably one of the proudest sort of um, four or five months we can we can think of in the past 10 years because um, the club got challenged in many ways, both on form, both on the injury front, on call-ups. We look back to a fixture in the, the Six Nations where we had, I think, 18 players unavailable for selection in a, in a Aviva Premiership game. So... The way in which the team galvanised and, and pushed through during the tough times is uh, an immense uh, source of satisfaction. All right, Brad, we'll leave it there, mate. Thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, best of luck for that round of golf that you've got today. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your holidays, mate. You've earned them. Cheers, Skips. Cheers, Goody. See you, Jim. Do you know what I love about that? What do you love about that, Goody? Like, you know, they're still talking about Jim. <laughs> like, they're still saying, you know, we, we talk about Jim. And I'll tell you exactly how they're talking about Jim in the changing rooms. And you have some tough days throughout the season, don't you? You have some tough losses. Oh, we didn't have many. 
No, 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 but they have this year. They, yeah. have, they, won, yeah, that, they, yeah. they won that run of seven defeats and all this stuff. And you, know, you have, like, it's pissing down with rain outside. It's freezing cold. You've got to go and belt each other. You then go out and do it. You come inside and you're still like, oh, this hurts, that hurts. They're sat there going, oh, I have a bad wee field, boys. At least we're not Jim Hamilton. And the, <laughs> the amount of moaning he used to do is just phenomenal. Sapergizing. Yeah. What, what Brad was great at, or is great at, is being able to... He, he's not a captain that, that shouts and hollers all the time. He's a really articulate think, thinker, uh, the way that he thinks about the game. And like, it, it's weird saying that because of the way that he plays. So you wouldn't think that he's this... It's opposite, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, it, he plays like an... I mean, it came out and I think it was Nigel Ray and said, he's as close to, to a warrior that you'll get. And it, that him and Jacques Berger were very similar in the way mm. that they play. But as a captain, he's a special, special kind of captain mm. because... He manages the relationships between the superstars, you know, your Owen Farrells, your Billy Vanapolas, to the guys that aren't as good, like George Cruz and <laughs> and these guys in the team. And he has that relationship, and he and he can manage that. And he is very tight with Mark McCall as well. Wise man, stay, well, stay mate, in touch exactly, with the, exactly. the big dogs. It's easy to, for me to say because you know, he was obviously on here and I, and I played with him. But in terms of a, a captain mm. and the way that he played, and we spoke about this with George Ford, I hate to go on about it, but... Brad Barrett was a guy where you were on the pitch and you'd follow, you'd listen, you know, you'd respect the referees, respecting the report, rapport that he had. And I mentioned with the superstars of the team to the guys, the workhorses. And that's why I think Saracens are such a special club. And so. it's, it's not just happened overnight either with Brad. He's been doing this for a long time. I remember I played for the Sharks in 2010. Um, and he'd left the Sharks. Uh, he'd, been, he'd come through their academy and played some games for, the, for them in Super Rugby and the Curry Cup, gone to Saracens, and they were all like, how's he not getting picked for England? He's unbelievable. And at the time, he wasn't getting picked, was he? Yeah. Uh, but what he's added to the Premiership, to Saracens, to when he played, every time he played an England shirt, they were pretty successful as well. And, you know, you go back to that character, they're few and far between in, in teams, but they are the difference. And like Jim said, hearing him talk about, you know, he can, he can manage the relationships with the superstars and, and the, the donkeys like Jim when he was there, you know, and just bring everyone onto the same hymn sheet is, but it, is it, ideal. It is. It's so easy though, isn't it, as a manager or as a director of rugby to say, right, he's our best player, as in best rugby player, so Billy Vanapola or an Owen Farrell, let's just make them captain. Yeah, It'd be easier. Yeah, yeah. You know? Or, you know, a Dylan Hartley or a George Ford at Leicester because they're what's perceived as the best player. For me, it's about the guy that is in that middle level and that isn't saying that Brad's a middle level player. I'm talking about the superstars of, of, of one club compared to the guys that aren't as good. And I think that that's what every team needs. It's a Brad Barrett. They Tiki, do. Yeah, Tiki Tonga coffee, though. Good. That's nice, mate. He sent me a few. Yeah, yeah. Sent me a yeah. fair few capsules that got destroyed pretty quickly. You know, when the twins came, I'm like, oh, come on. You feeding the twins Tiki Tonga coffee? No. Look at them, they're flying. Goody, you were at Twickenham on the weekend. Yeah. That must have been awful. Uh, no, mate, it's an unbelievable game, to be fair. To commentate on a rugby game like that, and I've commentated on a lot of French top 14 games this year, which. I've sat there and gone, <laughs> while I'm commentating, that's not just my commentary that's sending me to sleep, but some of the games are dull. Uh, and, you know, some Premiership games are as well, you know, just the weather conditions or whatever. The complete opposite happened on Sunday. The Barbars rocked up with players like Rodrada, to, mm. to Isova, Ashton. Across the board, they were unbelievable. Finn Russell pulling the strings, but England... Thank you. Thank you, Scotland player. Oh, mate, Finn Russell, I've always said he's a great player. Yeah, that's him down to a tee. Oh, perfect, it? perfect for him. Um, but then, so England go 21-0 down, and then England started playing a bit of rugby. Um, and it was just a pleasure to commentate on it. I, I loved it. Unbelievable offloading game. Fekitoa, he's my favourite player in the whole world. Mate, what about the size piece? of Fekitoa? Oh. Well, he's got that selfie piece out there that's, um, <laughs> that, that Andy Rowe sent me a, a picture of him. Mate, with oh, Malachi. Out. He is oh, not hung like a squirrel. Word. He is Mate, hung like a Trojan. He's like a bodybuilder. Yeah. Mate, I went on his Instagram and it was one of them where I'm like perving on Fekitoa. Did you get a bit of wood? <laughs> I felt a bit tingly, yeah. Like he was massive. Yeah. How big is he? He's, yeah. is he? he's like a bodybuilder physique, isn't he? Mate, he's a monster. I mean, I wonder what he's, he's weighing in at. I reckon he's one ten. But and how much are you? Ripped to the hills. I'm one twelve. <laughs> <laughs> you are one. What do you think you were in New Zealand? You were one twelve. No, 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 no. That was fully clothed. Trainers on, like wallet. No, in my it back wasn't. Pocket. No, it, it wasn't. Was a lot. No, one oh six. I weighed myself yesterday. Are you one oh six? One oh six. Swear. I swear. I'm happy Shake with on that. it. Shake on that, yeah. Okay, if you're not... On, on my if scales you, at if, home. Okay, so if you're here, we'll go to a scales. Oh, no, I'm, if you're over 110, I was, I'm giving you four kgs. I was butt naked. Okay, I'm giving you four kgs. Right. We, we'll go to a gym now, get on a scale. If you're over what's 110... A, what's a gym? 
Jim, what, what, what's going to happen? Yeah, what's going to happen? You so he's eating cat food. So you're that confident. Well, I'm giving you four kgs here. I've just had a can of coke. I might have put a bit on. <laughs> you're over one ten. Are you, are you no, heavier no, than Fekatoa? No. Are you sure? I don't know. Right. <laughs> anyway, let's go back to Fekatoa. Their offloading game was sick. Tipperick. What about that one? Over his head, round the back. I thought he's like that. I'm absolutely hung to the hills. <laughs> Throw that into touch. Yeah, unbelievable. But you know, you look at England, and okay, it wasn't England's full team. It was, I think, there's ten or twelve, fourteen players got to come into camp that were playing the Premiership finals. Loads of guys injured, but the starting team for England had more Test caps than the starting team for the Barbarians. Yeah, but the Barbarians are full of New Zealanders, mate. They had <laughs> ten New Zealanders. That's what we said. So when I played for the Barbarians and we got beat by England by fifty points and the Lions, which we were robbed in the heat in Hong Kong. That was the turning point for the Barbars. They're like, we refuse to take any more shit players. <laughs> okay, forget the guys who are good on the piss. We are taking a team full of Kiwis because even if they're on the piss, they're still going to be significantly yeah. better than Scottish, English, Irish and Welsh players who haven't been on the piss. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, and, and this year, they've taken it a little bit more seriously. Uh, speaking to Pat Lamb, uh, went down to training. Yes, they had their fun. They had their 70s disco. Um, got absolutely ball bag one night. Uh, but they've that train properly as well and some of the boys apparently like Rodrada's in the gym every morning just doing really? extras really like he is like why Toulon with all the cash that Toulon and Morad Bujalal have got have let him go to Bordeaux he is unbelievable play him at 13 play him on the dingling ling yeah, yeah you that, just but, have him on the pitch he's just oh, one of them isn't he mate it takes four people to stop him simple maths there's only 11 left to tackle all the others <laughs> they're, they're, they're class isn't they yeah they like, were you guys surprised with the amount of missed tackles that England made? I know it wasn't their top team, but some of the key players, Ford, Robshaw. Who's, who's the one to start? The horrible Jim. Stop I saying talk, that Ford t- can't tackle. I talked him up on comms. Ford attacked yeah. pretty well. Well, it, I, I texted you after, didn't I? And I was like, oh, mate, look, we sound like right rugby gigs. Who do you think played well then? <laughs> um, yeah, mate, am I surprised they missed that many tackles? Yes. The answer is yes and no. Yes, because you know, missing 33 tackles in a game or however many it was, you just shouldn't do. No, because of the actual athletes that they're missing tackles on. But when you look deep into it, and I tweeted the, the stats, you mentioned there Chris Robshaw. Chris Robshaw made seven tackles, missed six. Of the six tackles he missed, at least three led directly to tries. And, you know, that's the thing. He, everyone's like, oh, it was an underpowered England team. But there was plenty of experience in it. And, you know... George Ford, fair play, fronted up after in the, in the interview and said that they embarrassed them and it's not acceptable. But when you look at the stats, the two guys that missed the most tackles were the co-captains in Chris Robshaw and George Ford. And, and that's what I'm saying. It's, it, it is so easy to judge. Like It is. Like You're looking at it and I've played against these types of players before where well, you know when you play in New Zealand for example or you play against a Fiji team that's running right. Mate, it's not easy to tackle these guys. But you need to be picking guys that are equipped to tackle these people. Yeah. Uh, and, and these players and it's tough on Rob Shaw as well again I'm, I'm more of a fan of him than, than Goody is but you know you, I don't, I don't, well my, my take on it on form he shouldn't be in the England team on form on form he should not on his current form oh on form okay so he I shouldn't be in the England team yeah fine not on yeah, he, he was at the weekend because uh, obviously there were a lot of other back rows missing but you're picking your back row to start against South Africa in a couple of weeks well, is he in it do you think he's going to play I think he not? will be but he shouldn't be yeah, uh, you know he's he's. But that, that's the thing for me. Tom, I, Tom Curry played against the same players this weekend yeah, yeah. and was fantastic. Yeah. Well, he's got turnovers player. at the breakdown, made some massive hits as well. Yeah. Um, but will he start against Africa? I doubt he will. He was out out and out seven. Played exceptionally well. Rob Shaw uh, and you, people talk about the balance of the back row and you know when Billy plays, the balance changes massively because you've got a guy doing all the carrying you need to do, and you can have. Two workhorses. I think a large make of it is who's in the second row as well, where Rob Shaw fits in in that back row. Because if you've got a Courtney Laws or you've got a Marutoji, someone like that in the second row who is effectively a back row and plays like that, you can afford to have someone in the Rob Shaw mould and in the way that Curry is as well. Like Curry can't be chopping people down like good sevens do and competing at the same time. Like he's one of them guys. He is a good tackler, yeah. great tackler, yeah. but in order to get the turnovers... You've got to be coming in there slightly late. Well, I think. Yeah, I agree. You pick your moments, and the best sevens in the world pick their moments as to when they go and attack a breakdown. And, and that's the way the game's changing now. Those moments are few and far between. So you have to be even better at that skill and have a greater understanding of when is the right time to go in and pill for ball. But 
Curry did at the weekend. Made tackles, got to his feet, came back through the ruck at the right time, onside, gets a turnover. And if you're up against someone like Quagga Smith for the Springboks on a dry track, who's very quick, wouldn't you pick someone that's going to be faster than Rob Shaw? The balance now is interesting because Billy's in the team. Come what may, you've got Brad Shields in the squad. I, I think they'll play him. I think I've got, play I, him I, I've got a feeling they'll play. Will, will they play him ahead of Rob Shaw? Do you will think will they play him at six and Rob Shaw at seven? Mate, they, Rob Shaw's definitely not going to play. So I think Curry seven. will start. But you reckon that they're going to start Brad Shields? I don't know why you bring him in straight away now. I think they've, they've got. I think they would have seen enough of him. Eddie Jones is arrogant enough, if you want to say that that's the right word, Eddie, or bullish. Eddie, well, not Eddie. arrogant enough. No, but that's probably the wrong word. He's bullish enough, and he basically don't give a shit what anyone thinks. Yeah, that's what, what, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So you know that that reason for me, and I and I agree. I think in order to beat these Southern Hemisphere teams, I know South Africa haven't been as good as they have been in recent years. You need a power game. And we've always said that when we were down at the Lions and we said about New Zealand, the only way you're going to beat these teams is out-and-out power. It's all well and good having a team full of people who glue the team together, but if you can't get over the game line, you can't stop players on the game line or behind the game line, you don't stand a chance, do you? And on a hard track in South Africa against a hungry team and England, let's face it, I mean, how many have they lost on the bounce now? Four. Including the Barbars. Okay, okay. it doesn't sound many, but it's their performances. For me, you looking at it, mate, they've been crap. Mm. You know, they've been crap. And even though they've won before that, and let's not forget that they were unbeaten for large parts of that, but we spoke about the performances weren't great. No. And it's now or never. I think for I think for Eddie Jones, if he's going to do something with that team at the World Cup, he needs to start looking at players now. So someone like Brad Shield, why would you bring him in? If in, Unless he is firmly in your mind to play a huge part, not a squad player, as in a starting player or a bench player for the World Cup. You wouldn't upset the apple cart and bring him in now, would no. you? And that's the thing. You talk about what Jim said then about the game and the power game and all this stuff. That's the way the game is, bottom line. No, no matter what level you play at, you look at the Premiership final at the weekend. Saracens overpowered Exeter, won the game comfortably. Yeah, you go international rugby, you've got to beat the All Blacks by overpowering them. You've got to beat Ireland by overpowering them. Uh, and that's the thing. It's now, a, it's now a battle of the game line. The, the game has changed massively over the last few years with some of the law variations and stuff. But it's all about size, that front foot battle whether you're in defence or attack. Yeah. And it is ultimately a power game with a bit of intelligence. Yeah, because now, like systematically, like defensive shapes and all the... Teams know them inside out. Eddie Jones said it after the game. Like, if they weren't system errors. It weren't Paul Gustard's fault as a defence coach why England was so bad. It was one-on-one tackles. Yeah. And ultimately, if you've not got the players to make that one-on-one tackle or that power tackle and that dominant tackle, there's absolutely no point. Imagine if you're the Saracens or Exeter boys now going into camp... Right, and you've just been hosed by the bar bars straight away. What happens when you miss a lot of tackles in training? There you go. You do one on one. You do one on one, and you're like all that. the Saris boys are like that. Did, did you not see us at the weekend? We ended people. Oh, Cheers, boys. Thanks for making us do fifty extra tackles this week. Interestingly enough, our skills coach Joe Shaw and me and my mate Slug were chatting about this. Quite a funny story. So always looking for gains to how to how to make players better. Now Joe Shaw is one of the best coaches I've ever worked with in terms of his micro detail his understanding of how to get players better, stuff that people don't see. Why didn't he do it with you then? Well, this is the thing. He, he tried to. He tried to. <laughs> I remember Shorty came up to me after a training session. He's like, look, you know, maybe work on your one-on-one tackling, really try and get your shoulder in there and chopping guys down. He's like, are you up for it? I was like, well, I'm keen to get better at tackling. Like, I really am. He's like, right, we'll get a few of the young lads out here. Hayden Stringer, for example, big loose head prop who's running over boys for fun in the A-League. I've seen him. A couple of other boys. We'll get them to run straight at you. <laughs> And you just chop them down. Oh, no. I'm not sure as much as I'd like to get better. <laughs> I will not be partaking in one-on-one tackling with these young fellas. I don't want it enough. I yeah. don't want it that much. Uh, yeah, I just said, we'll just leave it at that, mate. I'll leave it at that. This is my last season. I was absolutely ball-bagged well, at the end. This is the thing. Coaching isn't just about doing it on the field. You could have visualised it. That I said. Uh, visual training. Yeah, he said, he, said, he, said, he said. I did so much visual training in my career. It was unbelievable. <laughs> he said, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to go into the shower now and I'll bend down and pick some soap up, which will stretch <laughs> hamstrings and I'll probably get in the Ford Mondeo and I'll drive two hours home you know I'm professional so but I want to give him a shout out anyway because Joe Shaw uns- unsung hero yeah. Hong Kong Kev legend Sorrell, mate, Kev Sorrell as well yeah Kev Sorrell yeah, yeah Kev and it's Sorrell's interesting actually good. so you talk about all the Saris coaches that have had uh, their deals renewed this week and they've all signed them um, I'm not sure whether it was Nigel Ray talking about it or Jim I mean you say this a lot you know like you go around begging for people to be your friends are, are we friends well, I don't know whether you wrote this or Nigel Ray wrote this, but talking about the six Saracens coaches um, that have all signed new deals today, Nigel Ray's quote was, it's great news that they've all re-signed, 
They are a team within a team, a group of friends together. They're my friends. I reckon Jim's just yeah. added the bit on the end. They're my friends. They're my friends they're too. My, they're my friends. They're my friends. <laughs> they're my friends too. They're, they're my friends. They're greatest friends ever. Are they all friends though? They are. They're very, very tight. Coaches are, aren't they? Yeah, the, the, the that group of though. coaches as well. And then, I, I know we're going on a lot about Saracens, but we, we <laughs> have just won the, the Aviva Premiership. So they're very tight. And how, it, how the dynamics of that group works is Alex Anderson, who we saw is kind of the front man, but him, Joe Shaw, Kevin Sorrell, DV. Kevin Sorrell, hell of a bush. Mate, a ridiculous bush. Monster mate, bush. Monster bush, <laughs> and he's got a long, long foreskin. <laughs> him and Ian Peel as well, who looks like Goody with dark hair. They're very good friends. And ultimately, in that group, Mark McCall and Phil Morrow, who's the performance director, they're the bosses. Yeah. So these guys do the coaching, and Mark McCall, he's the visionary Phil Morrow, the performance director, so he runs basically. He's running everything. He's the link between the players, the physios, the analysts, and everything. So they're tight. That they're, you know, they're in their own little team. So you know, they're bouncing off ideas. You know, they'll go for a beer together to just discuss things. When the guys lose, they feel it, um, and it works well. I, I, th- I imagine going to work every day, and you're genuinely very, very good friends with the guys that you're going to work with. I mean, I'm just coming to work, and I hate you blokes. I hate you blokes. I like you. Do you? Yeah, I yeah. like you, Andy. I can, like, I, I can stand you. I can, I can stand you. Like, I can, I can, I can deal with you. But I don't like sitting next to you. Why? Because I well, make you feel inferior. Well, no, because your breast stinks, your teeth are yellow, and you've got hanging <laughs> armpits as well. But apart from that, it's all good. Oh god. Anyway, the live shows were good last week, eh? Oh, oh my, my days. days. How good were? Well, they're both good actually. Cabbage Patch was good first on the Wednesday night, but Thursday night, four hundred people in O'Neill's. That was Soho. my favourite one. Cabbage Patch is a great venue. That was our first venue as well, so I love going back there. But the O'Neill's one was. Fucking loose. Yeah, it was uh, Freddie Burns, superstar. He was. Yeah. Um, if you if you ever see Freddie Burns anywhere, or even if you see Elliot Stuke anywhere, um, <laughs> oh no, just ask them about the story. Uh, Freddie Burns, unbelievable. I had a late night Wednesday after the Cabbage Patch one. Called it a day. I thought can't go, can't go too mad on the O'Neills one. Smoke bombed about ten. Goody. Half one. Where are you gone? As in, you haven't seen me for three hours. Like, do you not think that you're I've still gone? Here. <laughs> yeah, you're still I here. caught up with uh, Goody. He'd stolen some guy's vape, and he's like, "Have a go on this. Have a go on this. Tastes <laughs> like donuts. Donut vape. <laughs> donut, donut vape. vape. Unbelievable." <laughs> so, like, I just wonder how you felt at the weekend. Wednesday, we've had a few. Then we've gone for an all-you-can-eat Chinese, which we did after, didn't we? Well, it wasn't a Chinese necessarily. Well, a you had a mo- ch- sorry, I had a massive steak. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and some had, Chinese wings and, and, okay, and, and Chinese wings and noodles to, <laughs> in the start, but. But how did you feel? Thursday morning, got up, gone and watched England train. Yeah. All good. Thursday night, apps on it again. Yeah. Friday, commentating on the top 14 That's semi-final. That's what I mean. So it's all late Flying, nights. mate, flying. It's all Saturday, doing a Q&A at Twickenham and then off to Bristol's. Jeez. Uh, did a dinner in Bristol on Saturday night. How much are you making a month? And then Sunday, all day all at Twickenham. Just, you know, just living the life, mate. So you burning the candle at both ends. And uh, that candle is nearly nearly put out. I'm taking the family on holiday next week. And then what is that? Like, are you that's thinking tops that, off, mate? Is it tops off? Is it like, is it a reboot, like a holiday that's, reboot? That's tops off. We've got an Annie. Um, we're not seeing the kids <laughs> between twelve and five. We're not seeing the kids. We are, me and the missus are out there sunbathing. No eating. Are you fasting? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, we no, need we need something. We need something for next season to come back. Like, I want to see like see a new Andy Good. Okay, I will. I'll have a new knee and a new ankle by the time we start next season. All right. Knee's what, the big one. What's happening with your knee? So I need an osteotomy. So in Scottish, what does that mean? So it means they break your leg, strain it up, put some pins in it. Uh, they, bre- they break, they your, break leg. your leg. They break your leg for you, put some pins in it. Uh, and it's to prevent a knee replacement because I have um, a serious amount of arthritis in that knee. I'm sure you bloody do. <laughs> if I was willing to pay, would you be happy to get a bit of lipo suction as well? Mate, I'd love it. Are you going to pay Genuinely, for that? would you? How much you got? Well, how much is it? How much is lipo? <laughs> Mate, surely someone out there listening is involved in the lipo business. <laughs> I would pay for it if they let me do it. Because I feel like I'd be... Let you do it? As in, yeah, I'd go in what, there. What, as in you come and suck it all out? Yeah, oh, imagine no, that. I'll be, I'll be right. And Andy Rowe would chop it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the Pro 14 final, Goody? Uh, I saw some of it, yeah. Oh, Leinster were dominant again. Uh, Scarlet's played some good stuff. They obviously closed it up towards the end. But Leinster... Do you know what I'd love to have seen? Is Saracens in the form they're in now, going up against Leinster in the form that they obviously have been in, in the final, their final at the weekend, but also the... The way Leinster played in that quarterfinal, Saracens were 20-30% off what they are now, I'd say, yeah. as a team. It would be a humdinger of a game. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Leinster caught Saracens at the right time and are deserved European and 
Pro 14 champions. They're a brilliant team. Um, I, I watched Saracens on sun, Saturday and I thought, how do you beat that? I think Leinster are just a little bit better. Do you think? Minute, mate, yeah. I, I'm, I'm watching them the same as you said that and I, they look unbeatable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Leinster do as like well. Do. Sexton pulled the strings strings beautifully again, didn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, mate, they, you know, they're, they're the best team in Europe. End of that. There's no argument Hands about down. It. And, you know, obviously being the first team to win the Pro 14 and, yes, the, and the European the Champions Pro. Cup. Uh, in the same year, yeah. you know, tip of the hat to the best-looking second row I've ever played with, Leo Cullen and his troops. Oh He's a good-looking boy, isn't he? Oh, mate, yeah. You actually, you, I think you look like a movie star. Next to him, mate. <laughs> it was a oh, shame yeah. Eastern Athena went off after 18 minutes, but how, yeah. how do you think he'd rate as far as uh, British imports goes? He's, he's up there. He, he's completely, and, and you talk about the two players that have retired this weekend um, who've had massive impacts, imports as well. Obviously, Nathie has been phenomenal for Leinster. In the same bracket, Scout Brits has been at that level with, with Saracens in terms of trophies won, impacts on games, not just the games but the squad. We heard what Brad Barrett said earlier about it. Nathie has been an absolute hero for Leinster, uh, as has Scout Brits for uh, Saracens. Uh, for me, they're the best two imports. Nick Evans is another one, but has he had the same success that those two have had in terms of trophies in the cabinet? No. And a lot of it comes down to success, isn't yeah. it? It does, unfortunately, yeah. about winning things. Yeah. So we, we've said goodbye this weekend to probably the two best Imports into Northern Hemisphere rugby, I suppose. Yeah. Um, James Ryan, again, another victory for him. 23 from 23. He's won every trophy going in just his first season. The Big Cheese. That's what, that's what my mates call him, the Big Cheese. The Big Cheese. Yeah. What do they call him, the Big Cheese? Apparently smells of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so he can't lose Simple the rugby game, but he can't. can't wash either. No, stinks of cheese, apparently. Uh, 23 out of 23. I can't work it out. I'm looking at him. I'm like, mate, why are you so good? Mate, he is. Yeah. It's just his ability to carry. Good around the mall. Scrummaging, though. Just needs to get a bit lower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just needs to get a bit lower and get his dick to dirt. That's oh, what you dick say. Dick to dirt. Dick to dirt. Say? That's what they say. We'll have a little look at the uh, the news as well um, that's been over the last sort of week. The, the major one, I think, is um, the new nipple tackle. Do you know what it is? I need to come out of retirement again. My, li- my nipples are that low now that no one will be able to tackle No, no, me. they're not low. They're folded underneath. Oh, is that so what it is? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, they're not low. They're, they're, damn, they're kind of in- inside now. I thought I could come out of retirement again. Oh, there's many different trials that have gone over the last few years. Um, there's no doubt the most important thing they're talking about is player safety, concussion, all this stuff. So it's actually a target line now. But um, It's the adjusting tackle that's going to have the yeah, issue. Like, yeah. That's the one, I t- the guy. I tell you, I tell you, and it is. I tell you what's interesting. You, you watch this, for our listeners, watch this closely. Watching the final at the weekend, the amount of swinging arms and high shots that Owen Farrell puts in that are above the nipple, when it comes in throughout world rugby, Owen Farrell hits people hard, eh? But at some point, I think he's going to get caught out and hit someone in the Owen Farrell tackle mould. And I'm not, they're not le- illegal, but someone might just duck and he'll catch them a little bit high and it, you could get a red card. So what do I think of it? It's protecting concussion and, and the head and neck area, which is what world rugby are looking at as the most serious detriment to a rugby player. Um, you don't agree? I don't agree. I, I don't agree by doing that, that that is going to stem the concussion. Uh, for me, and again, I'm speaking this on a superficial level, how many concussions have I seen by someone being tackled high? All the concussions I see are people tackling low. Well, Brad Barrett was on earlier, said he tackles with his face and his missus hates him now. All the tackles that I've seen are for guys that are getting knocked out, Underhill, you've seen going low, smashing boys. Knees. On, knees and hips. Yeah. By doing the textbook tackle, that's what I've seen. Played with Al Hargreaves, got knocked out two or three times the season we played, all from low tackles, head on the wrong side, Temple hitting a hip. I, I, I'm looking at it, they're, they're looking at different things, aren't they? For me, I'd love to see the seat, back, seat belt tackle issue resolved because it's embarrassing. And I think if you're putting that rule in there, then that stems all question marks around that but if that's the case you're going to see loads of penalties because the adjusting tackler naturally if he goes low if the, if the tackler goes low and the adjusting defender goes low so you've got two people tackling low you're going to get a clash of heads from the two guys tackling aren't mm. you so your margin of error as an adjusting tackler is limited mm. like you know you, you you're talking inches here so if you're both going for the same man and the guy steps i think you're going to see more head injuries my personal opinion on one of the season's last podcasts is there's far too many games, there's far too much contact training that needs to be limited, and that way you are decreasing the opportunity by having less games, by having less contact training sessions, you're risking, sorry, you're limiting 
the risk of injury for the players. He's, he's a clever bloke, Jimmy. Mm. I, I'm, look, I'm passionate about it. Yeah. I am, because I look back on it and I got fucking flogged as a player both in training and, and as games. I would have been so fucking good <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't have to train and play as much as I did. So I've got to be in my bonnet about it. Have we got any rumours floating around at the moment? Mate, there's one. There's one that's come out under the radar. We called it. Luke the Recycler, Narraway, is off to Bordeaux to chop some of their pish. <laughs> Crazy, eh? Yeah. Mate, he's been at Cov, done a good job at Cov. Who's the superstar that's just signed for Bordeaux? <laughs> Semi Redrada. Can you imagine what his pish tastes like? <laughs> dehydrated. <laughs> dehydrated to buggery. So, uh, yeah, no, good for Naz. Um, Maxima Moz leaving Newcastle. He's going to, going to Toulouse. Hates the cold. Yeah. Uh, he's off to Toulouse. The Beast? I've heard the Beast is off to Stade Francais. The Stade Francais oh, are splashing the cash. A mill a year. Yeah. Beast! Just to get that going. Um, this Carberry situation. Interesting that, isn't it? Yeah. Mate, he can't leave. How oh, good. What about his feet at the weekend? What, you can't leave it? Leinster? Can't leave. Of course he's got to leave. Mate, I don't think so. But this is the whole thing where Ireland are looking after the provinces. Yeah. And they're like, Sexton's our out-and-out first choice. Who's yeah. our second choice? We can't have him playing yeah, but second Le- fiddle. But Lancer's my teammate. So they're they're now. Well, <laughs> I don't want to see him it, go. It's interesting. They're now manufacturing the move. So he goes to Munster because they've had Keatley at ten, and they're now trying to move Keatley to Ulster. So it's a three-way jigsaw as opposed to originally it was Carberry going to Ulster. Yeah. Now it's actually we want Carberry going to Munster because they're our top two provinces, and we'll, we'll move Keatley, who's not as important as Carberry, to Ulster, um, and then Connacht to probably get the dregs as well. <laughs> Poor, poor buggers. Poor buggers. Um, Gautier. The out, cowboy. Yeah. Out, out of Toulon or not? Have you, I've heard this, yeah. Mate, there's whispers. There's always whispers, but... I can't see it yet. Oh, got, uh, uh, if he fails again next year, he's gone. Yeah. But Murad Boujalau courted him for so long, they waited and waited and waited off the back of... He was, court, a, he was in a legal court, battle yeah. with Montpellier. It gets his man. First year, they get knocked out in the barrage by... Leon at home should have won the game by 20 points does he get sacked I don't think so um, are there big question marks over him yes there are because uh, you know, if you if you go two years at Toulon without winning anything you're out the door um, I don't think he's going yet but, but there, there are rumours about coaches going there well Patrice Colazzo and Christophe Oreos 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 <laughs> and he's had a few Oreos as Christophe yeah. Oreos yeah um, yeah Christophe Oreos has done remarkably well left Oyanak gone to Cast, taken Cass to the top 14 yeah. final this weekend coming how Racing 92 I know oh my god how to butcher a game <laughs> how to butcher the last five minutes yeah. when you've got the amount of scrums and penalties on and I thought the ref choked um, and Rat Racing should have been in the final but cast defence rearguard action Rory Cockett Erda Pagetta at fly off really good some big warriors up front um, they got to the final against Montpellier yeah do you want to finish things off with the good, the bad and the ugly? Oh, please. Please do. Yes. Well, let's find out what's been good, what's been bad and what's been ugly in rugby over the last week. Yeah, I mean, good. there's been plenty of good. Montpellier, the first ever team to score 40 points in the top 14 semi-final. They go to the final this weekend um, in Paris. God, I hope they lose. Cast. Again, they beat Racing in the semi-final against all odds as well, so we'll give them a shout-out. Pretty good. Um, Chris Wiles scoring two in the final. And obviously, shout Brits as well. Brilliant careers. Finishing on a high, pretty special. Um, where else should we go? Colisi, the first ever black Springboks captain for the England three-match tour. I think that's absolutely fantastic. He's been playing well. And it's not the fact that he's black. He deserves to be first name on the team sheet. Uh, but it's a it's a landmark for South African rugby, isn't it? And with the issues that they've had there the recently issues. as well. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, he's a big fan of the podcast. Is he? Apparently so. Shout out to Leinster as well. Obviously European and now Pro 14 champions. And Eastern Athiwa as well. The, the impact that he's had but the good this week has to go to the, that Barbarians team they were unbelievable Joshua Tuasova 15 carries 214 metres 8 defenders beaten Chris Ashton hat-trick back at Twickenham Ash, the Ash Splash was out it was uh, but the good this week just goes to the Barbars in total on the steam in the week in London dominating England at the weekend performing the way they performed Sammy Rodrada I would hate to play against him love watching him the good this week goes to the Barbarians my team my team the you, bad. Play the, you play for the Barbars? No no, 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 no. Just didn't fit the mould. The bad. Um, yeah, two bits of bad, really. First one, Jared Payne being forced to retire through injury. Been on the cars for quite a long time. Yeah. He's going into the Ulster coaching staff. But the real bad for me was England and their defence. And specifically, 
I'm going to be harsh here. Chris Robshaw. Oh, goody. England's defence was poor. Chris Robshaw, you're a back rower. You've got to make tackles. You miss them. You've got to be honest on this podcast. He gets the bad, Chris Robshaw. We are honest. That is bad. And then the ugly, finally. There's only one ugly thing for me, and it doesn't sit well. And it's all about the Sharks captain, Ruan Botha. He's been banned for four weeks for striking with his hand or arm after his red card against the Jaguars. But he's not actually going to miss a match. Because they don't play again until June the 30th. Smart. Smart, uh, wise. Why? You can get a little <laughs> holiday as well. But this is the thing with it. And they do it in the Premiership where you get banned for weeks. certain amount of weeks. But they actually check. When you're in the... And I've been there in the process. Where they actually check what fixtures you're playing. And they say, right, you've got a four-week ban or a six-week ban. But it's actually, it's actually games that are relevant. So for Sanzar and the sighting committee and the disciplinary committee over there... To ban him for four weeks, he, he ain't missing a game. That's just not good. Not good scenes. So French. Yeah, well, it's, well, it's in South Africa. But... <laughs> there we go. So the ugly this week goes to uh, oh the disciplinary procedure of the Sharks captain Bortha getting banned for four weeks and not missing a game. Thanks, Goody. And we've just got a couple of quick shout-outs to end on. Happy 40th birthday to loyal listener Ashley Brown from your partner Joyce and a massive shout-out to Sean Shard and all the guys organising the charity rugby match at Whitehead's Rugby Club in South Wales. That's to raise money for a legendary local school rugby coach, Mark Batten, who is currently battling prostate cancer. Over 200 ex-pupils are going to play in the event and all the proceeds are going to Prostate Cancer UK. I want to give a shout out to Kieran Lowe. My oh yeah, the old, chopper. Old, yeah, the chopper. Um, he's came he, out. He's on, not a chopper, but he can chop a pint like you know, like no one's ever seen. Well, he's the quickest pint chopper I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, um, hell of a chopper as well. Um, but yeah, he's come out this week on Instagram story. I don't know if anyone's seen it. Said his battle with mental health over the last year, eighteen months. Um, he actually retired. He, he was at London Irish. Decided to play for Scotland, uh, did really well, but then couldn't pick a club up because he was not England qualified. Came to Saracens for a little bit and then retired, just had enough. Moved to Canada, uh, no one's really heard of him, he's gone off the grid. Um, and he came out and said that he's been really struggling this this past year, 18 months, and he's doing a bit of kind of blog online. Um, so he did that on Instagram, and he is Kieran Lowe08, if you want to follow his story. I, I was quite moved by it, actually. I think it was quite nice and quite powerful of him and quite brave of him to come out and talk about mental health as we speak about it a lot and and it's quite out in the open so shout out to Kieran Lowe and if you want to follow him Kieran Lowe 08 on Instagram thanks very much for listening Uh, don't forget to subscribe follow us on Twitter and review us on iTunes and we'll be back uh, we're going to take a week off and we'll be back during the June Internationals for another rugby pod session rugby pod 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 (laughs) pod